Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Before we start, I wanted to remind our listeners that this August 18th through the 21st, a group of our players and GMs, including myself, will be attending Necronomicon 2022 in Providence, Rhode Island. It's H.P. Lovecraft's 132nd birthday, so it's going to be a blast. If you see us, come up and say hello. We love meeting our fans. Our scenario is The Central Tree. It was written by Matt Ryan and Noah Lloyd, and it's available on their website, Reckoning of the Dead. This is a one-shot, and it's the sixth time that we have run it. So without any further delays, let's begin our journey into the darkness. The weather was gloomy. The sky was overcast. There was a good deal of dirty black snow under the shady places, despite it being early spring. The date is April 14th, 1926, and spring break is almost over. A handful of faculty members from the Miskatonic University Biology Department have been called into a meeting with the head of the department, Dr. Homer Winside. His office is large and comfortable, and his back wall is lined with shelves seven layers high, displaying all sorts of biological specimens preserved in formaldehyde, including a fully grown human heart. Well, gentlemen, I'm glad that you've made it uh, this afternoon. I'm sorry to bother you on your breaks, but I've been contacted uh, uh, with a bit of an emergency that might be right up your alley. Um, I was contacted by the mayor of Rutland, uh, Massachusetts, and he says they have a bit of a problem with their tree. Um, Rutland is the geographic center of Massachusetts. And apparently on the exact spot, latitude and longitude of the geographic center, they have, um, they have a tree that's about 150 years old. It's an American elm, I believe. And he says there's some problem with it, and they'd like some experts to come out and take a look and hopefully cure it and bring it back to uh, back to health. Um, such a trip is uh, it's probably an overnight trip, maybe two nights. Uh, it'll take you about four hours to drive out there. Uh, largest city nearby is Wor Worcester. It's about an hour southwest of uh, Worcester, uh, or north northwest of Worcester. Five doctors for one tree. Well, uh, apparently, it's the only thing they have going for them. You know, there's it's not really a touristy thing, but it's a beloved old tree of their of their town. Did they give any symptoms of what's wrong with the tree? Um, he said a few odd conflicting things. There's sap coming out of it, and uh, there appears to be some broken branches. Um, uh, he's not exactly sure when it started. He said that uh, somebody noticed it, and then uh, people have become concerned. So 
he wrote me. He's an old friend of mine, uh, Mayor uh, uh, Don Merrick is his name. He suggested that uh, when you drive out, you either drive to his residence, which is on the main street, or you could drive to the sheriff's office and talk to him and he'll bring you over and show you around. They don't have any kind of scientific facility there, but they do have a high school that's not too far from the tree, uh, said that you could use the science classroom. Um, school's out. School's out for a few days. You said a sap coming out of the tree and some broken branches. Uh, kids can break branches. Sap comes out of trees normally. Is that the only thing you were told? I, I don't. That That's all I, I don't really understand these sort of things. But yeah, he didn't give me a very clear description. He obviously doesn't know. He might even be, perhaps he was just relaying what other people have told him. In any case, I think it's worth checking out because we need to be vigilant. I've heard Dutch elm disease is spreading to America. And in fact, there are rumors of a few cases already on the Eastern side, on the Eastern shore. I'm, I, we really should be checking this out. Well, you would know better Dr. Watkins than I would just a chemist. Well, we don't have any idea what could be causing it. So you all be useful in some way or another. Um, I imagine you're going to be going in somebody's one of your cars. Um, that's all meeting over. If you want to leave, you should be able to get there, you know, early afternoon. It's morning currently. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Clark, do you think we could take your vehicle? I think we should all fit. Absolutely, my dear. I'd rather be doing this than teaching my students. Three years in, they still think a spider is not an arachnid. <laughs> so They'll in learn. general, um, for the duration of this, any equipment that your character would use, you have with you. So if you want to do chemical analysis, you've got that equipment <clears> with you. Um, and plus, you can use whatever the high school might have. Perhaps we should take two cars so we would have enough room for um, the extras and our luggage as well as our equipment and our trunks. That's a good idea. Okay. I agree. Um, I can volunteer my car or anybody else who wants to drive. That would be fine. Thank you. Uh, I think Dr. Hawk, uh, some field uh, equipment, collecting uh, equipment would be good too. I'm sure you have plenty of that. Yep. I'll, 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 I'll put that on the list. All right. So off you go. Um, the basic route that you're going to be taking is this one. Uh, basically, uh, Arkham to Concord, Concord to Hudson, Hudson to Worcester, and then up to Rutland. Fairly straightforward, at least. Yeah, it, it'll take you about four hours. The roads are Do not all perfect. Do we know anything about Rutland? No, no. it's just another small 
rural town. Fairly rural. It's, you know, Boston's mm-hmm. the big town and that's on the coast. This is this is dead center in the middle of the of the country of the of the Commonwealth. All right. So you drive out there, you have a fairly, fairly decent drive. You stop at a gas station, you get some snacks. Um, oh, you were also told that if you're staying overnight, it's been arranged that you'll be staying at Jennifer Tuttle's boarding house. So you drive along, uh, you go through Worcester. Worcester's actually, a, it's not how you pronounce it, Worcester. Worcester is a, a fairly uh, large town. Um, uh, but once you leave, they do West, nice sauce there. Yeah, what's your sir? Once you get out of there, you're heading into the countryside. Uh, most of Massachusetts is forest, so uh, and it's deciduous forest. During the winter, it's it's mostly the the trees lose their leaves, but uh, in this it's springtime now. The leaves are coming out on the trees, so there's a light uh, sort of lime colored green everywhere. Uh, sticks sticking up out of the woods. But the roads are basically roads through tunnels of trees. You've got big trees on either side. And then there's farmland beyond there. So after you drive for uh, about four hours, uh, you start to come you know, up and over a hill and uh, you come out of the stand of trees. You can see uh, laid out ahead of you, there is a town that should be Rutland. Uh, you cross a small bridge over a creek uh, you can see the spire of a church in the middle of town. And uh, without bothering to show you a map, basically, you uh, you go by a number of farms. Uh, you go by St. Patrick's Church. Um, you see Jennifer Tuttle's uh, boarding house, which is not too far from the church. Uh, and then there's a general store, a greengrocer, a library. Um, a town hall, the mayor's house, the sheriff's office, uh, and then the high school at the other end of the, the town. So where did you want to park? It's a small town. You can walk from one end of the town to the other in five minutes. So I would pull inside the uh, the boarding house parking lot or yes. outside of it on the road. I'd follow suit. Okay. You park literally right in front of it. There's parking spots. Okay. And I get out and let everybody else who's in the car, you know, to get out. And wait Stretch your legs. Gather up. Stretch my legs like a cigarette. Yeah. The... Um, the town is not what you'd call busy, but it's not empty either. There are people shopping and walking around and and uh, doing going about their businesses. You can tell from the general look of the people that most of them are probably farmers and uh, farmers' wives doing their shopping and stuff like that. Thank you for the drive, Dr. Hawk. Actually, I was raised in a town like this. I- I'm comfortable here. Well, then maybe you can lead some of the discussion. I hope to. Well, let's um, let's get some rooms for ourselves, and maybe the receptionist knows a little something about the tree as well. Small town. Okay. Good idea. 
So you go in the front, it's typical, what you'd expect. It's a two-story building. Um, there's a young woman behind a counter, and she sees you coming in, and she says, Hi, hi folks. Um, are you the scientists? Uh, yes, we are. Um, we were just looking to uh, see the rooms in, in which we were uh, given, so we can just uh, pack our things in, in them. All right. Um, yeah, uh, we, we've been expecting you. Um, you're in rooms one through five. Uh, we don't have many guests this time of year, so you're, you're in luck. Very convenient. That's upstairs. Tell me, you, um, we, we were called here about this, this beautiful old tree um, in, your, in your town. Do you know anything of it? Oh, the central tree? Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I mean, I know about it. Everybody kind of knows about it, but, uh, I heard something about being sick. I haven't had the time to, to go out there, but I guess everybody seems to care a lot about the damn tree. It's just a tree, but there ain't much, there ain't much else to go on in this town. Mm-hmm. Has it been well, ever I- sick before? I don't know. Let me show you to your rooms. We'll get you all settled in. Uh, did you want me to call anybody? I oh, call... the, um, the mayor or the sheriff? Wait, Dr. Swanson, who do you think we should start with? The mayor or the sheriff? Uh, I don't remember who were we supposed to. I'm sorry, who were we supposed to talk to? <laughs> I either, I believe. Did Either one. Yeah. Well, then, I believe we should start with the mayor. I'll, I'll call, I'll call the mayor. Yeah. By the time you guys are freshened up, he should be here. He lives yeah. just down the street. And he'll meet us uh, here in the in the, uh, in the boarding house? I'll tell him to come here. Thank you. Very kind of you. So you go upstairs. She takes you upstairs. Um, she shows you where your rooms are, gives you your keys. Um, they're, you know, comfortable small rooms. We'll assume they all have bathrooms, even though they probably don't. They probably have one bathroom at the end of the hall, but whatever. You don't need to be uncomfortable. Uh, uh, the, the linens are clean and the, the room, so you guys can unpack your clothes and make yourselves comfortable. Probably takes you about 10 minutes. And... Uh, by the time you did you want to do anything or do you or do you want to just go back downstairs? Freshen up and then head downstairs. Yeah. All right. So as you're coming downstairs, yeah. of course, you see a gentleman standing there just inside the door with a big smile on his face in a, in a suit. And he says, Well, you made good time. I'm uh Mayor Merrick. Well, that was all thanks to our, our drivers uh over here. Um so we've we're here for the tree. Uh, excellent, excellent. Um, we all settled in. Yes, yeah. lovely yes, accommodations. Thank you. Now, I imagine you you were going to bring some equipment with you, right, to do some study in of the Absolutely. tree. Uh, we're going to we we were going to set you up at the high school. Would that be okay? I mean, it's That's not exactly a professional perfect. lab, but they still have you know. It's absolutely fine. Not a good sir. Yeah, no, no right. trouble at all. That that. Well, works. it's on the way. Thank you. It's on the way, so we'll just we'll just walk, shall yeah, we? Lead the way. Yes. 
So as he turns around and goes out of earshot, I'll just lean into the closest professor. Go. It's not often you see a po- politician actually willing to do footwork. I'm feeling uneasy already. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, the mayor. My equipment's a little. Some of it's a little. It's. I just can't like carry it around so much. So I might need, need some to, help. Yes, I need some help with uh, just a couple of bags. I have like three bags, and they're fragile, and I don't want to break anything on the way to get. Sam, there. come down here. Yeah, Sam will help you. Sam's Great, my thank son. You. So a young guy comes in. He looks like he's maybe 14, 15 years old, uh, but he's strong. Farmer, farmer boy. Um, he says he'll help you. He'll, he can carry at least two of those bags. Okay, I give him two of them. And he's really polite. No, I when thank we, you for the assistance. When we were driving in here, did we see a lot of fields? Is this a farming community or is yeah, it like mostly an industrial? You, you passed a few farms on the okay. way out. Some of them look like they're, you know, they've got things growing in the fields or starting to. Uh, some of them look like they've got cattle. Okay. Well, it, tell me, um, Mayor Merrick, what drew your attention to the tree in the first place that something was wrong? Well, um, our greengrocer, uh, his wife, Maggie Rundle, she, uh, she came in and told me that there was something wrong with the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'd noticed that I think was the first person. Um uh, you know, she knows a little bit about growing stuff, so she thought it was odd. And uh, and since then, it's you know, it's caused quite a town ruckus. Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating, it's a small town, but uh, I mean, there's it's starting to attract a small crowd who all seems to be interested in the in the tree and and most uh, concerned. Well. You see, Rutland's just about no place. And, you know, every, every, every town's got something that's important to it. And um, I mean, call it a rallying point. We've got this tree that was planted 150 years ago. It's a huge, beautiful elm tree. And it's right on the geographic center of the state. So uh, the Commonwealth. And that's about all we've got. So um, I, it's not a big deal. There's not like a, a festival or a, anything that takes place. It's just, hey, there's, you want to see something? There's the center of Massachusetts. And that's all we got. So to some people, you know, the historical society and stuff, they think that's really important. And I mean, we're a country folk. We know that things grow and then things die. And it's just usually trees outlive us all. So we don't want to see anything bad happen to it. Of course not. Yeah, this can't be the only time something has happened to it. It's good, sir. Well, I mean, we have pretty harsh winters. So it's not unusual that branches would get broken. And, you know, occasionally somebody will do a little pruning on it to make sure that, you know, dead stuff gets picked off and so forth. But it's a pretty big tree. You know, it's. It's a lot to handle, and usually you can just leave it be, uh, and it's fine. Uh, the town council was talking about putting up a fence around it, um, you know, just to keep the local kids from climbing in it and stuff like that. Not because, you know, they're going to hurt the tree, but more like they're going to hurt themselves falling out of the tree. Is big that a tree. big problem? 
that Not you really. get a lot of kids playing in it? Well, we don't have a lot of kids, but uh, oh. kids will be kids, you know. Um, there's probably there. a few places on it that have, uh, you know, lovers' hearts carved into it. Uh, if, if the sheriff catches them doing that, he'll give them, you know, discipline. But but kids will be kids. Anyway, and now this is all happening as you're walking. And you've walked by the sheriff's, uh, and the sheriff comes out and introduces himself. Um that's uh, Sheriff Pete Penchant. And uh, he's a, it looks like he's maybe in his uh, early 40s, um, bit rough, rough looking, like he can handle himself if there's a problem. But it probably doesn't look like he's had much more than, you know, a bar fighter. There's, there's no alcohol in town. There's no alcohol, you know. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he joins you and says, Mayor, we've been having a little bit of trouble. It's like uh uh it's it's like uh some people won't leave the tree alone. They're uh, concerned, but they're uh they're poking around it. Says I tell them to get to get, but they don't want to get. And he's like sure. whatever. Well the scientists are here now. Uh we're gonna put them in charge of that whole whole thing. Before we go, what was what exactly are what are people doing? Well, you can see right over there. And he points, and you can see down the road, there's the school, and there's a big field next to the school, usually for athletic whatever, you know, the kids' playgrounds, and there's a playground next to the school. Um, but you can see there's a big old tree, uh, kind of on the edge of that field. And there are a few people sort of standing around looking up into the tree. And uh, the sheriff describes it as a rowdy crowd, but you don't see any rowdy, you know. It's just people don't, you know, don't don't gather around. So um, as <laughs> you're going forward. If that's what um, you call rowdy, I'd hate to see violence. So as you're approaching the tree... Here's the high school. We're going to set you up in there. But you can see the tree quite clearly. looks like this. Except it's getting some green on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a a point where you are between the tree here and the high school here, and you've got the equipment in your hand. And the mayor is kind of, you know, we can look at the tree in a minute or we can go and set you up. But there are at least five or six people that are milling around the tree. And there are a couple of people oddly out in the field um, beyond the tree sort of wandering around. Um, something about it just seems a little odd. What do y'all want to do? Is the sheriff still here? Mm-hmm. Uh, sheriff, uh, who, who are those people right out there? Oh, that's, um, there's Maggie, uh, Maggie Rundle, and uh, that's, uh, he names a few other people. You know, okay. just just people from the town. That's uh, that's 
Farmer Johnson out there in the field and uh, just locals. You want me to, you want me to tell them to skedaddle? Um, I don't think it matters uh, unless my colleagues are need their. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind talking to some of them. Clearly some of them had the, the knowledge to recognize that something was going on with this tree. Doesn't hurt to get a local's perspective. Yes, agreed. Probably should put some of this equipment down, Dr. Hawk. I think we only really need the collection kits themselves. We can put everything else in the labs. Well, why don't yeah. we get you set up right over here? The classroom in question is this one. The, the, on the, in the high school, all the classroom doors open to the outside. Okay. Um, so he takes you over and they unlock the, unlock the classroom door. And they show you inside. It's basically, of course, classroom tables. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's also workstations, you know, like you'd, you'd expect in a, in a science room with little Bunsen burners and uh, there's a sink and there's various things like you'd expect like that. So you've got places, lots of places where you can put your equipment down and uh, you don't have to set it up immediately. Well, this looks wonderful. And I tell the, the boy who's been carrying, uh, thank you very much for bringing my, uh, my equipment. We can nope. just put it over here against the wall. We can set it up later. No I really problem, appreciate mister. your help. No problem at all, mister. If you need anything, you, you just you just look me up. Now I pull a couple of coins out of my pocket and give it to him. Gee, thanks. He takes no that. No problem, and thank you. He skedaddles back to, uh, back to the boarding house. All right, so you guys easily, quickly, you have your stuff there. Um, you don't necessarily have to immediately set it up, but whatever you want to do. No, let's go outside. Good to try. Oh. Yeah, let's get down to it. Yeah. I'll light a cigarette with a bunch of burner before we go. <laughs> Just make sure you turn that off, Dr. Clark. Yes, yes, I know. Not after last time. We don't want another incident. Look, I told you, it was once, and that was it. It wasn't my fault either. I'd like to talk to some of those locals before I personally go look at the tree. Okay. So you start walking over there, and for the most part, there's a couple of people that are sort of, I guess you'd call them looky-loos. Uh, they're standing, you know, 20 feet away. Uh, maybe there might be a man and a woman sort of holding hands and looking. Um chatting back and forth to one another. But then there's a second class. There's, there's a lady who, she was identified as, as Maggie, uh, Maggie Rundle, who was also the first person to notice the tree. She seems to be right up near the tree, and she's, she's touching it in places. And when you see that, you realize that there is there is a sap, a sappy substance coming out of places on the tree, but it's bright purple. It's very strange looking. It's very, looks like it would be very sticky. Um, and you can see that she's got it on like her fingertips. And she's almost like she's stroking the tree. Um there's maybe two other people that uh, are acting in a manner where they're like 
slowly circling the tree and you'd almost say showing it love and affection, whatever. And then there's a third class of people that are wandering out in the field. There's two people out in the field that just seem to be wandering about. Uh, they're not even looking at the tree. I would and like it's an to empty field. Uh, walk up to Maggie and uh, I'm going to, um, I'm kind of just assuming, let's see, I didn't, I didn't look this up, but um I don't think this was the era where we used gloves and, and cauterized uh, loops for this. So I think I'd just take, I, I'd like to take a sample, just uh, put it in a test tube. But, I'm all, but before I do that, I'm going to put a hand on Maggie's shoulder and say, ma'am, ma it looks like you might want to step back. Something, something is not right about this tree. She, um, as you step up to her and you uh, you go to put your hand on her shoulder, she doesn't react at all um, until you say her name, at which point, very slowly, she sort of looks like she's remembering something and she looks up at you and she says, uh, I beg your pardon? Uh, this this does not look normal tree, and uh, I I think maybe you should uh, come away from there, and uh, leave leave it to some of some of us who uh, can do some tests on this. Who who are you? Um, my name is Dr. Philip Swanson. I am a uh, microbiology professor from uh, uh, from Miskatonic University over in Arkham. And she she looks around at uh, she sees the sheriff and the and the mayor and the rest of you, and then she's like, "Oh, I see." And then she goes right back to sort of feeling the bark of the tree. And I'm gonna I'm gonna again kind of like just a little bit with a the, little bit of force. Yeah, the sheriff moves up and he says, "Maggie, Maggie, come on." You need to you need to come away. You need to go back to the you need to go back to the grocers. And she's like, well, Sheriff, what? And he's like, come on, come on. And he sort of hustles her away from the tree. Um, okay. And and he kind of looks back at you like, should I be concerned? And I'm I'm gonna give him kind of a shrug. <laughs> Because okay. I don't know what we're, we're doing yet. So you can see the follow up as he's kind of guiding her back towards the green grocers down the street. But if if he lacks slacks up at all, she kind of loses touch with what she's doing and kind of starts turning back towards the tree. OK, uh, but he's getting her away. What's everybody else doing? Behavior was quite strange. Uh, Dr. Wa uh, Watkins, is there a known phenomenon of purple sap that maybe maybe has some sort of uh, hallucinogenic effect if it's ingested or something? Not that I know of. The primary concern <laughs> I came here with was Dutch elm disease, which is spread through fungi. This is unusual i have not heard reports of a purple sap dr swanson um, you did get your samples maybe she's just um addled you know I, I we don't know this woman maybe she's a bit slow 
Dr. Watkins. Maybe it's that uh, non-existent alcohol that the sheriff mentioned. Mm. Dr. Watkins, you can see that most of the sap is coming from places where the tree has been damaged. Um, There are some spots in the bark that look like it's been gouged a little bit. Um, But do your, do a botany roll. I can't believe someone would just come in here and carve up this tree for no reason. Uh, That is a regular success. Okay. The odd thing that you notice is that the damage to the tree looks recent, Mm -hmm. but there are signs where the, where the gashes are like the tree is healing itself, but it would take usually a year or two for it to heal itself. But you can see where the bark is curling over and it's trying to heal itself. Uh, you can look up and you do see that there are some some minor broken branches, but nothing you wouldn't expect from the winter. Um, and there are also a few spots where there's a swelling, like um, like a gall that grows on the side of the, the branch or the tree. And those seem to be oozing this purple stuff as well. They're usually caused when an insect um you know, lays its larva in the tree branch and uh, the tree fights against or tries to by swelling up. Dr. Dr. Clark, I think you need to have a look at this. Yeah, Dr. Clark, do an entomology role. Step aside, my dear. Let me have a look. Entomology, you say? Yeah, should be under science. Yeah, there it is. That's a... 56 under 71. Okay. So you're looking at the tree. You do think that those could be galls, like wasp galls, though they're more uncommon on a on an elm tree. They'd be more likely to be on an oak tree. But it's about that time that you sort of look down and you notice a stream of ants. Um It's not unusual to see ants going up into trees. Uh, They're usually, you know, spreading pests. But in this case, the ants seem to be going up to that goopy purple sap and collecting little bits of it and then taking it back to their nest somewhere. So I pull out my notebook and I start making a small sketch and notes observing this. Fascinating. Whatever this substance is, it seems that the ants are drawn to it like a nectar of some kind. We should document everything. This could be a new discovery. This could put Arkham on the map. I was worried about Dutch elm disease, but this could be an entirely new, and my goodness, we should probably quarantine this area too. We don't want it to spread. Yeah, we don't want this spreading. Absolutely. Trees over there. The mayor interjects, is it something you think you can take care of? Can you cure? It is uncertain to say right now because uh, we've had some testing. However, rest assured, we will do our best to keep you as informed as we can. All right. Well, I've got some business to take care of, but yeah, keep me informed. Uh, that's my house. And he points to his house down the street. Um, is um is is Miss Rundle often in that state? Um, she's acting rather strange. It's not typical um, behavior. I don't know her very well. I'm sure my wife knows her better because she does the shopping. But uh, I, I, 
I couldn't quite say. And uh, and he goes away. And meanwhile, you can now see the sheriff down the street coming back. Okay. After he took her into the shop. And he, he and the mayor have like a little five-second conversation as they're walking along. And uh, you can all do listen rolls to see if you can hear any of that conversation. They're not that far away from you. No, that's a failure. Uh, nope, fail on my part too. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a failure for me. Everybody too. failed. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, Doctor okay. Hawk, we might want to look at Miss Rundle. That's your specialty more than mine. But if this is some kind of substance that is affecting humans, that's, that's something that we really should note as well as we catalog all this. And for all we know, old uh, Mother Hubbard there has infected half the town already. I'm sure it's nothing that serious. Yeah, we can't rule anything out just yet. We don't know if this is this is a an airborne pathogen or if this is some sort of uh, touch disease, some sort of uh, uh, body fluid disease, and we need to be sure before we can let her out. I think maybe she should even be quarantined herself. It, it could also be, as Dr. Clark says, maybe she's just imbibing a little too much. Small town, nothing else to do. I mean, I I'm suppose that's... That... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was just... Uh... I mean, that seems possible, because uh, none of these towns are actually dry. No, are there... Of course not. <laughs> are there cases of... Um of diseases passing from plants to people. I don't believe so. Dr. Watkins, I, you can do a, an idea role or you can do a botany role. That is a hard success. Okay. You're not sure of, of any diseases that you've ever heard of, but mm. there are definitely toxins that mm. all it would take would be a small touch to, uh, cause a hallucination or I mean curare mm. is just the tiniest little bit of the sap that will render a person completely paralyzed oh Dr. Hawk did you bring gloves with your field kit because I think we should all You'll avoid touching this stuff yes of course I have a good set of um, of leather gloves um, in my in my collection good good I think we should take some samples and Possibly examine Miss Rundle, determine if there's a serious cause for concern. But the, I, I'm wondering, do any of the surrounding trees have this? Um, did anyone ever look? If not, maybe we should take a gander. Are there any surrounding trees? Or is not, this kind of in a not, field? not exactly near this. There's like I say, there's a field, mm -hmm. but then on the other side of the field, there's like a whole line of trees. trees. It's um, worth looking at those as well. Uh, and there are trees in the town here and there, but this one is, there's probably nothing for a hundred feet in any okay. direction from this particular tree. 
Is this the only elm or do we see other elm trees? No, there's probably other elms in town as well. It's a very popular, beautiful tree. The mayor's walked away, hasn't? Mayor's walked away and the sheriff has returned. Okay. Uh, Mayor says he wants me to make sure I do anything you guys need. Thank you, sir. Uh, What... What would this tree? Are there any large bodies of water near here? Well, uh, yeah, right across the field there, and he's pointing to the, the field you're next to. Says okay. past that strand of trees. That's the um, oh, pronunciation. <laughs> Where did I put it? That's that's the pond. <laughs> oh, there. I uh, I think I'd like to take some samples, so I will meet you, and then I'd like to plate this uh, these samples that I have, and I'll hold up little uh, test tubes or curettes or whatever okay. I have. It's it's the muscapog. Okay. Muscapog pond. Uh, would you like to? Um, I don't know. Would anyone really like to come with me to Palm? I'll stay with the tree. That's more my specialty. But okay. I'll go with the. I'll go to the pond. Okay. So, um, J- Doctor Herbert and Doctor Swanson, you're beginning to walk across the field towards the t- tree line and the pond beyond. But as you're walking across the field, you notice that there's there's two people in the field. Um, one looks older, the other one looks a bit younger. Uh, they're both men, and they're both kind of farmerish, uh, especially the older gentleman. And they're they're wandering about in a kind of um. I mean, at first you think they're doing something systematic, like they're looking for something, something on the ground, um, but they seem to be kind of just randomly wandering in a you know meander meander is a good word for what they're doing uh and they're not taking their eyes off the ground as they're doing it hello um, do you do you think are these are affected in the same way yeah i'd like to know what they're looking for uh should we go talk to them yeah okay so let's walk over and near these guys. So you walk up to the older gentleman and uh, as you're walking towards him, he's kind of turned his direction and he's kind of walking towards you. And without, without saying anything or reacting, it's almost as if when your shoes come into his sight line, he stops, turns, and starts walking around you without... Excuse me, sir? No response. I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to put out a hand. Okay. Like, sir? Um, So when you touch him, he stops what he's doing, and he looks up, and he says, oh, excuse me. And then he turns back around and starts looking at the ground and walking away from you. I'm sorry, so we are looking into the the affliction that, that has come upon the tree, the central tree, and uh, I wondered if you could tell us anything about it or maybe about the ground. What are you looking for? 
So unless you actually physically interact with him, which you might, he just ignores anything you say and goes back to looking around. Doctor, uh, but if you if you grab a hold of his shirt, you know he stops. He politely sort of turns around. He says, "Excuse me," and and then tries to get away from you. If you ask him all of what you just asked him, he says, "Um, I I don't know anything about that." Were you about to say something, uh, Doctor Swanson? Um, these these men seem confused. I, I think they might be affected in the same way we've seen before. We should report this to our colleagues after we've, um, after we've taken a look at the lake. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're going to get anything more from these folks. So I will, uh, I guess, continue towards the lake or towards the pond. As, as soon as you stop hindering them, they go back to doing exactly what they were doing before. Um, all right. So you're heading towards the, the tree line in the lake. Um, Dr. Watkins, Dr. Clark, and Dr. Hawk, what are y'all doing now? Get some samples. Okay. Um, what do you want to sample? Uh, obviously the, the goop. Sap. The sap. And um the the parts that seem to be like really uh healing quickly. If I could get some sample of that bark, okay. get a closer look at it. Okay. Um, you're a botanist. You might even have a core, core sampler that you can push into the oh, yeah, tree. Oh, that, yes, that'd be get good. Get yourself wood. Um, you can do that without hurting the tree. Um, all right, you get your samples. Uh, Dr. Clark, um, did you want to get any samples of the bugs? Yeah, I'd like to try and capture some live ants. And okay. Try and keep them alive in some sort of container. Okay. You, like I say, you've got any equipment that you need, so you've you've got stuff. How about you, Doctor uh, Doctor Hawk? Being at the sap and uh, the local critters are all there being collected. I think I'm uh, going to actually take a little bit of a soil sample and okay. some of the the droppings from the tree that are laying on the ground. So okay. we can compare and see what's been going on with the tree. Okay. Um, so you guys get your samples. Uh, then what? What do you want to do? The sheriff, the by the way, at the same moment, he's told some of the lucky loose, please, you know, let the scientists do their work. Just go, go back to your business. And for the most part, they do. Except there's a couple of them who don't do much more than, you know, walk a couple of feet farther away and then turn around and sort of take position like they're fascinated by what you guys are doing. Um, so what do you want to do with your samples? Wanna go back to well, I want to work in front of an audience. Yes, let's move it to the labs. Um, the galls that you were saying were like insects. Is that something that we could maybe carve out of the tree gently in a way that would not harm it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'd need something a little bit harder than a, a knife. Maybe you've maybe uh, as a botanist, you probably have a little little saw. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You yeah, can, I'll take a little those off. sample one of those. Yep. Now. 
when you do any kind of wood removal, mm-hmm. um, you notice that, especially the galls, um, there doesn't seem to be any residual purple sap. Um, the sap seems to be coming out of holes in the gall. Okay, I see. Okay. Um, if you do a core sample, the core looks clean. It doesn't look like there's anything inside the wood of the tree, except where it's been damaged. This is this is very strange. You would think that taking samples away from the wood would cause sap to bleed from the tree. I wonder if this has anything to do with your ants, Dr. Clark. Maybe so. Unfortunately, there's only so much we can do in the field. Absolutely. Yeah, we should take this back to the lab. Absolutely. Also, Sheriff. Yes, sir. I I think it would be in the best interest for the town if you were to quarantine this tree off in some fashion. All right. I think I can find some uh, something that we can use, like a roadblock to put around it. Yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. Don't you know? Don't you worry about these people. They're just they're just simple folk. Maybe if I we know. can get some sawhorses, you know, yeah. just kind of around the tree. Just yeah, we can put something like that around it. Uh, if there is a worry, risk, I'll here. take care of that. Thank if you. there is a risk here, we don't want it falling to the townsfolk. Right. All right. So, Doctor Swanson and Doctor Herbert, you um, you get to the tree line. Uh, the trees here, in your opinion, look perfectly normal. Um, once again, some of them are, have minor damage from the winter, but for the most part, they're just they're just growing fine. Uh, you don't see any evidence of purple sap. Uh, you don't see any odd acting insects or, or animal life. Uh, just beyond the tree line, there is a fairly large pond and a little creek that feeds into it. It looks like one of any other pond in, uh, you know, New England, uh, maybe a hundred feet across. Uh, looks like a fun little fishing hole. Uh, did you want to get samples from there? Yeah, I was gonna get a sample from the uh, sample of the water. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean it's pond water, so it's kind of a little scummy, uh, mm-hmm. but you're sure it's probably teeming with life. Yeah, I was just going to plate everything, see what I find. Okay, and Dr. Herbert? Um, if if he's already got the um, the sample, I don't think that I will need to take one as well. Do I notice that there is, so there's absolutely no other tree exhibiting these? Um, no, not over here. There doesn't seem to be. Dr. Mm-hmm. Phillips? If it's entirely localized in that one tree, how did it? How did it get? Uh, I guess. Well, I guess we'll have to learn that in the lab. Yeah, it does seem since uh, these other trees don't seem to be affected, it's probably not in the water. Right. Okay. I guess let's. Uh, we'll go back to the lab. Okay. So, or um, back to the others at least. You all end up back in the lab. Uh, so what what things would you like to do first? Uh, let's say, uh, Dr. George, you're the chemist. 
So I would wonder, I want to try to do a chemical analysis on the, um, the sap uh, to okay. start things off. Um, the sap is strange. Now, there's multiple uh, microscopes in here. Uh, you probably bought a, brought a better one, but uh, there are you know, high school things. So you can multiple more than one of you can be looking at this. Um, you and Doctor Swanson, you start to notice some odd things about the sap. It has it's it's definitely organic, uh, but it doesn't seem to have the composition you'd expect from tree sap. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Herbert, you uh, analyze it for like sugar content, um, but there's absolutely no sugar content at all. Uh, it's a little bit uh, alkali, not very acid, um, which tells Dr. Clark that there's no real reason why the ants would be collecting it. It's not sweet. It's just odd. Do, do I think that there's a chance that the, the tree didn't produce this? Like, because it, was, it, because it was in the lacerations, was it like whatever lacerated it, um, like, had it on it? And it, it's, well, it's merely... That's an interesting hypothesis. Why don't you do an intelligence role? Dr. Uh, Dr. Watkins... Um, you're, you look at it. It doesn't look like tree sap. It looks like something completely different. Um, uh, well, how'd you do Dr. Herbert? 30, that's a hard success. 31. It's possible. The only thing that the only contradiction to that is the galls that are on the tree seem to be leaking this purple stuff, but the gashes, um, yeah, it, it might not actually be seeping out of the tree or maybe just the edge where the, where the tree is trying to heal itself. Um, there's probably more damage up higher tree too, which might yield more information. The gall, when you cut it open, is very odd. Um, normally galls produce a kind of pithy substance, uh, which they surround like the insect larva with, and the insect eats that stuff. In this case, there is no larva inside the gall. There is a kind of a void, uh, that is filled like a, like a cream filled piece of chocolate with this purple goop. And uh, it's just leaking out. It's very strange. There doesn't seem to be any residual holes leading back into the tree from it either. It's Can like, we uh, find anything in that center void? Like anything that the gall formed around? It looks or, or did just, it just kind of spontaneously? Well, it looks like... There's mostly just this purple goop, but if you want to do a, a, an analysis and you want to search through it and see if there's some foreign object, 
that's caused mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. That'll take some time. You'll have to go through the goop and see if you can identify something. Um, okay. Dr. Clark, the ants, you've, you've, you've gathered the ants and you've put them into yes. like a little Petri dish. I would like to maybe put two of them, uh, isolate two of them onto some testing ground and put a small sample of this goop that they were gathering in the middle. And I want to see whether or not the ants are acting out of their nature. Like, are they sharing it? Are they being aggressive towards each other? The ants, um, how, 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 how do you put the goop in there? Describe exactly what you're doing. Okay, so I have, I place an ant on one side, and I place an ant on the other of an, a dish or something. Okay. I take a, what is enough goop for one of them to have. Okay. And I place it right in the middle, and then I just observe, okay. see whether or not they are rushing for it. Or the ants immediately move towards the goop. When they get to the goop, uh, one of them tries to collect it. He tries to pick up the goop, which he manages to do, and the other one also tries to pick up the goop. And in the process, there's a moment when they, you think they're going to fight over it. But instead, it's like they suddenly cooperate to pick the goop up and they move to the edge of the Petri dish and they start, you you think at first they should be starting to go around the Petri dish, but instead they start going back and forth uh, with the goop in their hands or in their their mouth. Um, Do an idea roll. Idea that is uh, which one does idea intelligence? It's an intelligence. Oh, it's at the top, isn't it? Yes. Uh, oh, that is a hard success. Okay. It you're you're holding the petri dish. You're watching them going back and forth, and. As you're looking at them, you suddenly glance up. There's a window in the classroom. And from that, from your where you're standing, there's the window. You can see the central tree in the middle of the field, right? I mean, in the edge of the field, right out the window. The ants are trying to go towards the tree. Hmm. And to confirm, if you turn the petri dish around, they adjust so that they're still trying to go in that direction. Now, additional tests, some that are really quite strange, is you put a number of dots of the goop in the petri dish, but only a couple of ants, and the ants gather the goop together and then start doing the same thing, rolling it in a little ball if they have to, trying to go in that direction. It's behavior you've never seen. You might do a sanity roll because it's bizarre. Would I describe this behavior as desperate? You do describe it almost as impossible. How do they know where the tree is? You know, you're in a classroom. As far as ants are concerned, you're a thousand miles from the tree. You know, 
Did we see them going towards the tree or away from the tree? I forgot. Well, they were climbing up into the tree and grabbing okay. goop and then coming back down to the uh, the ground where their hole was. The hole was, was on the sanity, the by the way. What's that? Okay. That was a pass on the sanity. Okay, just take one point of damage because it's not really even damage. It's just you're so surprised. Is the goop that was within the gall the same substance as the sap, or is it? It appears to be. Composition. Okay. Anything else that you're going to do, Doctor? Do we have the chemical composition of this material? Could you not identify? Well, I feel a little out of my depth, actually. Um, the attributes which this has does, doesn't, it doesn't quite make sense. Um, I almost think that uh, perhaps someone had lacerated it with something. And then um, the material that we're seeing is perhaps not sap at all. And that's the reason why it has these attributes, which I can't explain. But the problem with that would be these galls. Um, so I, I do feel... Um, I do feel a little bit stranded here, and I was hoping anyone. Uh, Chemically, would. it's definitely organic, but uh, I mean, which just means it's carbon, carbon based. Mm. Uh, but structurally, it doesn't look like it's sap. It's like I said, there's no sugars present. Um, it almost looks more fungus-like than than anything else. Um, I would like to say that I, uh, is there an incubator in here? An Did I get through it? Uh, um, yeah. For, um, uh, for, you know, for the agar plates to grow the. Okay. You, you, yeah, you, you brought an, uh, you brought a portable one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So I would like to say that I, that I put a, like I put a sample of the sap and I put a sample of the, the water sample. I spread them on agar plates to uh, right. grow, if possible. I, I uh, apologize. I need to step away just for a quick second. Okay. We'll take a two-second break. Okay, you guys are in the lab. You're doing various tests. Uh, the, the, the more tests you run, the stranger it gets. I'd like you all to do spot hiddenness for me. No, that's a failure on my part. Failure as well. That is a hard success. Okay. That is a hard success for me as well. Okay. So those of you who have hard successes, you just happen to be on one side of the table as you're standing there, and you you can see out the window. You've seen this. You've seen the sheriff. He's got some like barricades. They're basically saw horses with, uh, you know, stripes on them. Uh, and he's kind of cordoned off that the area around the tree. He didn't really have enough to go all the way around the tree, but he's he's obviously put them in front so that if you're approaching from the town, you can see that you you're not supposed to be here. And, and then you've seen him walk away. Um, within 15 minutes, you notice a couple people walk up. They walk right past the barricade, and they start poking at the tree, the same way Margaret was doing. 
there's still those two guys wandering around out in the field, but they've gotten a little closer to the tree as they're wandering. Um, you're noticing this as you guys are doing your, your analysis and, and trying to figure this out. Uh, you've decided that it's definitely a fungus of some sort, uh, though, I mean, there's 20 billion funguses, so it would take a, a lot of research to see if you could figure out what kind of fungus it was. Certainly nothing native to this area. Um, and, and transmission, you have no idea how. Uh, but after about an hour goes by, uh, you hear a car pull up outside the schoolroom door and a door close, open and close. And um, there's a knock on the schoolroom door and uh, it just opens. They, they knock, but then they open and it's the sheriff. And he says, um, professors, uh, we've got another situation. Oh, the fun never ends. Uh, this here, and he introduces um, uh, Dennis O'Neill. Dennis this here is farmer Dennis O'Neill from the O'Neill farm down the road. Um, and he's like, he tips his hat and says, you know, glad to meet you. Um, he says he's got something strange going on with some of his cows. In what way? Well, ma'am. Uh, uh, I've got quite a few, you know, dairy cows. Uh, I went out uh, this morning, and there were four of my dairy cows out in the field. Uh, they'd have popped. What do you mean popped? I mean, um, they uh, they popped from the inside. They're. Uh, you mean they'd exploded? Yeah, their their insides is on the outside now. It's all over. Uh, I grabbed my other cows and I put them in the barn, but there's this purple shit all over them. Were they anywhere near the tree? Oh no, ma'am, they, they're on my property out there. And in a low voice, so the farmer doesn't hear. I'm going to ask Doctor Hawk. Do you think? that that purple substance could have the same effect on humans? If so, we need to get those people away from that tree now. You're muted. Who did you say that to? Dr. Hawk. Do you think, do you think oh, that this could have the same effect on humans? Oh, never mind. Yeah, it, it, it could, could potentially. I think the first thing we need to do is also go out to his farm and look at those cows but and get samples and compare them. But yes, I, if it's happening on cows, what makes you not think it will work on other an mammals, right? So we should probably keep people away from the purple goo or whatever it might you might want to call it. Well, I, I've set up a barricade. I can... Post sign, tell them to stay away. Hey, I gesture out to the window. I can clearly see it's working. Oh, damn it. Says, I think well, you need to make that barricade stronger, sir. Well, I can tell these folks what they need to be doing. So he turns around and he goes out. The farmer's standing there with you. 
Uh, and he says, you know, I don't, if this is some sort of disease that's spreading around, I, my whole livelihood is in cows. And I've now lost four of them. Well, have a look. All the more we'll reason why we should go out immediately and look at your, at the cow, the cows and make, and quarantine your other cows. Well, um, the sheriff brought me over here, but my truck's right over here. If you want to pile in, we can go out. Well, there. I have I have my car as well, so maybe I'll follow you. Who wants to go? Uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. go. I think we all have an interest in this. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Doctor Swanson, you were going to go through the goop in the galls. Oh, right. Yes. If you wanted to do that, that's time. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um. Before they leave, then I would just like to ask the farmer: um, Were these particular cows acting acting funny to me yesterday? Not that I know of, ma'am. I mean, they mm. didn't like the popping noises, but but they weren't acting sick or anything. No, no. What popping noises? Well, you know the the stuff in the sky. You probably don't know i mean there's there is an article about it in the newspaper a few days ago what? um do you have a do you have, some, have a copy not on me okay some some fella some fella over in worcester perhaps someone should find a copy of that i'll, I'll go and track down one. i'll try to track down a copy of that newspaper I'm going to try to see if there's the, anything the in the deep. Okay. So did you want to, uh, who's all coming with? Uh, I'll go, but I do have a question for the farmer as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. O'Neill, was it? Yes. Do you have any sort of plant life on your farm, like a tree of any kind? Well, there's trees around the perimeter. It's mostly grass. Mm -hmm. And I take it you also grow crops on your farm as well. Oh, not really. It's just you know we got a small little garden for the house. Uh, mm -hmm. Mostly it's dairy. Within those plants, have you noticed anything strange? Like maybe the plants are oozing some kind of purple substance, or maybe insects are acting strange around it. Well, there's purple stuff now where the cows, the the dead cows are, but uh, they've never seen it before. Mm -hmm. I, I called into the sheriff and he, I said purple stuff, and he immediately said that we need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Let's make haste, everyone. All right. Agreed. So, who, I'm sorry, who's, who all is going? Who's staying? Hey, I'm going. Go. Okay. I'm going to drive over behind. I'm going to follow the, the farmer. Okay. And I'm sorry, okay. Dr. Herbert, were you going or staying? I will go. Okay. And I think that I was going to stay and you were going to keep going through the stuff to see that. If yeah. What was light another cigarette before we go? I suppose right. I'll ask uh, Doctor Philip. Uh, do, do you want? Could you use my help here, or should I go with them? Oh, um, this is going to be a long process, and I'm I'm just going to dig through with scalpel. So you go on ahead. All right. Okay. We'll come back to Dr. Swanson in a few minutes. All right. So you guys follow. You can drive out or follow um, Dr. Uh, Dennis O'Neill out to his farm. Uh, it's not too far away, maybe less than two miles 
um, from the central tree. Uh, you pull in and uh, it's basically, you can see there's a big old barn. There's a big farmhouse, mm -hmm. a big old barn. And then there's a field, you know, with mostly fresh spring grass coming up. Um, but the barn is obviously a dairy barn and uh, you can hear the mooing of the cows inside the dairy barn because he said he's locked them all up. Uh, he says, you know, come on out here with me. I'll take a, take a look. Uh, he walks you out into the field, and uh, he kind of starts to look a little squeamish. You know, he says, it's a pretty gruesome. Uh, you sure you want to go, man? Uh, um, uh, how about that newspaper article you said? You all had? right. Uh, I'll tell you what. We'll go in and get the newspaper article. And you gentlemen, uh, it's, it, you can see where the grass is mashed down right over there. That, that's where they are. Okay. All right. So Very you well. and him start going towards the house. Um, you guys go over and you find four cows. The cows are um, no farther apart than 10 feet, um, kind of randomly laying there. They're all laying on their sides. Uh, their stomach area has burst open, it looks like. There's purple goop on the ground. Uh, there's purple goop all inside of them. And uh, you notice that there is purple stuff across their lips and mouths, which are hung open. Um, they're glassy-eyed. They're, they're obviously dead. Uh, but you don't smell anything at all. No smell of decay? You don't smell any decay. You don't smell anything from the goop. Dr. Hawk, have you seen anything like this before? This is nauseating. Well, it'd be more nauseating if I could smell what's, what, it's, what it's supposed to smell like. Um, I, we probably need to take some samples. I suspect it's probably going to be the same, but um, can can we um, what uh, would it be possible, or do you, we probably should talk with the the farmer if we can cut one of the the cows open to look all the way through? Um, I would have the tools in order to do a simple. You do, and you probably don't need permission. These things are dead, so. Okay, well then, I will start to like underneath the chin okay. and try to cu cut it down towards its gut to open up to see um, if any other parts have the the purple goo inside, and maybe even you know cut into the esophagus. Mm -hmm. um, well, biology roll. Biology roll. Uh, it was just a plain success. Okay. So as you do that, you realize that there is definitely purple goop uh, throughout the mouth cavity, the esophagus, going down to the stomach uh, and partially into the intestines. But it's the stomach and the intestines that have sort of burst. And they definitely burst from the inside out. Um uh, opening a fairly fairly large 
wound, you know, bursted wound. However, when you continue your analysis, you notice that there doesn't seem to be any purple stuff in the blood or in the other organs or uh, in the GI tract, the bottom half. And um, it doesn't seem to be in the blood or the heart of the animal or lungs. It's just in the digestive tract down to the stomach. Um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Wood, what would you like to look for? You mean me? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your name is Zach Wood. Sorry. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Clark. I will, of course, uh, start looking for insects, see if I can find more ants gathering okay. this stuff or just... Do a spot hidden for me. Spot hidden. Let's say... Ah, that's a fail. Okay. So you're walking around looking to see if you can find any kind of insect. Um, there don't seem to be an, a large population of insects in the area. You're, you're surprised you're not finding ants. Um, but once you're a ways away from the, the thing, you do find some you know, large harvestman ants uh, that just seem to be normal doing their own thing. They're not collecting anything. And that's about the time you notice that there is something in the grass. Um, over to one side, it uh, looks like the grass might be singed. There's places on the grass where it's black. Mm -hmm. And as you walk Hi. over there, um, there's an object in the middle of this burn area. Looks like this. It's about a foot and a half long, about six inches wide. Looks like it's made out of brass or copper. And it's singed. It's, it's got mm -hmm. some sort of substance on the inside that looks like it's slightly crystallized. Um, and it's got a smell. It's got a fairly strong smell not of gasoline, but of some sort of maybe petroleum-ish uh, product, you know. Okay. Can I hold my hand over it, see if I can detect any heat coming off it? Yeah, there's none. All right. Uh, I will stand up, face the other two doctors, and I can't do it myself, but two fingers in the mouth and whistle them over. Okay. You're, you can just see Dr. Hawk. Dr. Dr. Watkins has gone in the house with the farmer. Oh, uh, Dr. Uh, Herbert, wait, did you stay there or did you go with them? I'm with the cows. Yeah. Okay. You're with the cows too. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. So the you two doctors come over or if the two doctors hear you whistle, you guys go over. Yeah. I'll walk up to him. What do you got there? Well, I don't know. Some people call it a bomb, but I call it a mystery. Inside there's some sort of crystallized substance. And it smells of, did you say it was petrol? It smells yeah, of. Yeah, something like petrol. Is that some I'm, kind of farming appliance or, or what is that? I have not got the slightest clue. Doesn't look familiar at all. Uh, Dr. Herbert, do a uh, chemistry roll. 
Uh, 70, uh, 71. So that's a normal success. Um, it's definitely something like gas, but you, you it's not exactly that smell. Uh, it's not kerosene. Um, it's got an odd smell to it that you're not familiar with, um, but it doesn't seem out of the ordinary. I mean, it, it seems out of the ordinary, but it doesn't seem like something you couldn't figure out what it is. Yeah, when you examine me, I say, well, whatever it was, it was explosive, as it seems that the grass is blacker on this side of the farm. Yeah, there's oh, definitely really? a big burn spot where it is. Well, if if uh, if this stuff is dangerous, I, I suppose we should be careful with it. Um, I, I think I could get it analyzed though if we bring it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not big. It's it's something you could pick up and carry without any difficulty. It's slightly yeah, could... wet on the outside from the moisture of the morning. You know, just the natural moisture. Um, actually, it's afternoon, so yeah, it, it's not wet. Uh, Dr. Watkins, you go in the house with um, with the farmer, and he says, Miss, if you'd like to have a seat there, I'll see if I can find that article. And he Here, starts going that. through a, a pile of old newspapers. Um, it takes him five or six minutes, but he finally pulls it up. It's uh, it's from the uh, it's from April second, so not quite two weeks ago. Um, and he hands it to you. Meteor-like rocket startles Worcester. Clark Professor's test of new propellant to explore air strata brings police to scene. Worcester, Massachusetts, April 2nd, 1926. A rocket designed by Professor Robert H. Goddard of Clark University in his experiments to explore the upper air strata was sent through the air in an isolated part of Worcester this afternoon like a flaming meteor with a roar heard for two miles around. The noise was such that residents called police headquarters saying that an airplane was shooting along on fire. Two police ambulances scored the area looking for victims and an airplane left Grafton Airport to aid the search. It was later learned of the experimental launch and the public has since been warned of possible future tests in the coming weeks. The experiments marked the climax of 17 years work by Professor Goddard to design a projectile that can penetrate the upper air regions. Professor Goddard has the financial backing of the Smithsonian Institution as well as Clark University. So you see, Miss, every once in a while in the last week or so, we've heard popping noises up in the sky, you know, as those things go flying. Worcester's not that far. Right. Um, and, uh, and uh, I mean, it kind of spooked some of the animals, but, you know, whatever. Um, have you, you haven't been near the central tree, have you? The central tree? No, not in a while. That's that big tree in the, in the town. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, we, we, my wife goes into town mostly uh, to do the shopping, mm. but yeah, no. So what do you think? Well, your friends are out there looking at the, the goo. Yes. It's, it's very strange. You've, you said the cows were completely fine day before. No issues. Yeah, no sickness. I mean, I mean, I know there's some kind of diseases out there. I hope my other cows don't have anything. Were these cows separated in any way from the herd before all of this had happened? Not that I know of. 
you know, not until this morning when I, I saw the dead cows, I brought the other ones in. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll confer with my colleagues. Hopefully we can okay. figure this out. So uh, you go outside. I... Yeah. You go outside and you relay to them the information you heard. Um, they obviously show you mm-hmm. what they've seen. Um, what do the scientists at the farm want to do? You're going to keep, I mean, you're collecting samples. You've done that. samples, right? Uh, it's a big field. Yeah, um, I'll look through the plant life, see if there's anything that also has traces of this, this okay. goo that's far further from the cow. So it doesn't seem like it could have just been sprayed from the cow's okay. bodies. Yeah, um, I'll go out to the tree line. And okay. um, and then um, I might ask if Dr. Herbert could look inside the cow barn for any okay. look of uh, the purple goo. Okay. Dr. Uh, Dr. Clark? Mm, I think I'll go with uh, Dr. Watkins, see if I can find other okay. forms of insects behaving badly. Okay. I would like the four of you to all do luck rolls. And then we'll get to Dr. Swanson. As a pass, regular success. What was the skill? Luck. Luck. Failure. Luck. Uh, that is ooh, just a success. 64 under 65. Mine would be, well, it was less than half. So, um, oh, so you pass. Hard, yeah. Okay. And uh, Dr. Herbert, did you pass? No, I failed. Okay. And where were you going, Dr. Herbert? You were with... I was going, uh, to, the, I was going, going to the barn alone. Okay. So you're walking towards the barn. Uh, the others of you are walking around the field, looking around. Uh, Dr. Herbert, as you're walking... um you notice a small patch of purple in the grass right near you. And as you approach it, uh, do a dexterity roll. Thirty-nine under fifty. Okay. So normal success. Normal success. You yeah. you walk towards the purple and all of a sudden you trip and fall you uh, start to fall but you catch yourself before you go flat on your face Uh, but you do go down to your knees and you realize that you tripped over something uh, that seemed rather large Um, maybe maybe a brick or something hidden in the grass but when you look back there's nothing there Dr. Swanson, you're looking through the goo, you're dissecting this gall, looking for some substance, and you see um, a bit of the gall where there is kind of a void um, in the in the wood. And you go and you try to see if you can see if there's anything in there. You've got forceps or something like this. And you realize that you can't you can't seem to push your forceps into the void and you kind of use, you clear away the goop 
and like this. And there's nothing there, but your forceps won't go there. And you, you, you're just baffled by what's going on. In a moment, you'll do a sanity roll. But you suddenly clamp down on something and you pull it out. And you're definitely holding something that's got thickness to it with your forceps. And you're holding them with force, so you're grab, gripping something. But there is nothing there. It is completely invisible. Uh, as you, uh, you you're, you're kind of beyond, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's as if you were holding it like this, and there's something there, but you can't see it. You can do a sanity roll. Dr. Herbert, you're looking back, and there is a place where the grass is somewhat mashed down, and it's mashed down towards this purple goop. But there's I nothing there. I passed my sanity roll. Okay, so you're just very intrigued by this. Maybe take one point of, of sanity. Okay. Um, Dr. Hubert, there's something there lying in the grass. You can feel it with your foot, but it's not there. It's invisible. You can also do a sanity roll. Um, passed. Okay. So at the moment, you just take a point of sanity loss, but what do you want to do? Um, I want to inspect the object. Can I pick it up or is it, or is it on you, you reach forward with your hand and your hand suddenly encounters something there. You can feel it. It feels a leathery. Um, it's got a definite texture to the surface of it. Um, and as you, you feel it, it's actually about maybe two and a half feet long and it tapers in one direction. And there's a ball of some sort on the end. I mean, you're getting this all only from tactile information. It feels like a tentacle that's invisible. And yes, you can pick it up. It's heavy. Who's the closest professor to me? They're all within 50 feet of you or so. Um, I just make some sort of call and uh, I'm like, um, Dr. Clark, Dr. Hawk, come here immediately. Hawk, I heard the sound of scientific discovery. I'll start walking over. So you all come all right. over to where he is, and I'm that's the situation. <laughs> I'm wide-eyed, and it looks like I'm holding nothing at all. And then I'm—I I need you to verify my <laughs> observation. I need you to verify my observation. I have—I um, uh, have found a completely transparent object of unknown material. That's quite a claim, Dr. Herbert. Where is said object? As it yeah. seems to be entirely transparent, it is here um, before me on my hands. And I 
it it has the it has the uh, I, I don't know what the word would be the uh, the uh, flexibility of a wet noodle, um, and it's definitely thicker at one end than it is at the other. The thin end is where the ball is, and the ball's about the size of a large orange. And you if can I reach out to touch thing. it. You can all do sanity. My word, he's right. Let me ask the one other question. Are you all wearing gloves? I am oh, yes. not I am wearing. Uh, I am not Standard wearing procedure. gloves. And uh, I roll a 41. That's a success on sanity again. Okay. That's a fail in sanity on my part. All right. Okay. If you fail your sanity, do a 1d4. If you if you pass your sanity, just take two points of damage. Sanity damage. This is unexplainable. This is an impossibility as far as scientists are concerned. You can't have an invisible object. How in blazes is something like this possible? If, if it were, I don't understand how it could be completely transparent. It, it, I, I can understand if it were if it were somehow that it, it interacted with light in a way that made it appear so, but I, I can see behind this object. Behind? Can, can we pick it up and can we carry it some? Or yeah, I think Dr. Herbert has actually picked it up. Yeah, you definitely can, can take it. It's not that, it's heavy, but it's not that heavy. Should we wrap it in something so we can find it if you put it down again? Yeah, I, I suppose we should. Um, can we can we I move this to one tie. of the? Could we move this to one of the cars? Maybe, uh, Doctor Hawk. Uh, can we move this to your vehicle? Yes. Yeah. Let me look in the barn, and um, I think uh, I'm sure I can find maybe a horse blanket or something. We yeah, can wrap that in. So the farmer has tarps. Okay, like so I just grab something, and we wrap it up, and we can put it in the trunk of the vehicle. The, the farmer joins you, and he's he's concerned. Um, he he tells you that he has noticed that he was in the barn. He says some of the cows do have purple stuff around their lips. Well, that's troublesome. Can um. I mean, is this something we can? Is this something we can prevent? Should we? What What should we do with the bodies? What should we do with? Uh... I've got to be honest with you. We know so little right now. Um, we're trying to learn as much as we can, but for the moment, I don't. I don't think we have any any advice for you. Should I uh, get some gasoline and burn them? I look to my colleagues. Hmm. I mean, if it's hmm. disease, maybe let's put them in a pile. Um, it seems like a tiny solution to me. Don't want. I got a track. I don't want it to go airborne. If it's something, I don't know that they would know that. We're in the twenties. I mean, they know germ theory, but <laughs> it's still a highly, heavily competing with the miasmatic theory. So. Um, 
I mean, you, can, you can definitely find ways of taking this back to the lab. Maybe we should take a maybe maybe bring a bring a sample of the. Uh, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, we're gonna there. bring the whole thing back. We wrapped it in the tarp. We're gonna put it in a jeep. Okay, or in in the car. Sorry. And the farmer says that he'll at least get out his tractor and push everything with the purple goop into one corner uh -huh. so that if we can burn it, then we'll burn it. Um, meanwhile, Dr. Swanson, um, you are having a similar revelation with this object. It appears to be a piece of something that is, it's hard, but it's not hard like a stone. It's hard like a piece of cartilage or or something like that. On a larger scale, it would probably be quite flexible. But it's yeah. a piece, it's a piece of stuff. And, and all you can think is that when it hit the tree, it caused the tree to somehow react to it by producing a gall around it. But that normally takes a whole season. You know, yeah. This this all looks brand new and fresh. Um, you find one of those in every gall that you guys harvested. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's useful, but uh, can I like try to hold it under like a stream of water and see if I can see what shape it is? Um. Yeah. Um. It's not easy to make it out clearly, but you do sort of see that there is a shape. You can hold it where it yeah. parts the water. Sorry, I just don't want to touch it. this. Right, you've got gloves on. Yes. Oh, you've got forceps too, which right. you've been using. Um, yeah, and if you put it in a, uh, I don't know, a petri dish or something like that, you can see where it touches the substance. You know. So it's it's invisible, but at the same time, under the right conditions, you would be able to see it. Oh yeah, can I can I hold it close to the purple stuff and see if they react to each other? Sure. Do a spot hidden roll. Okay. Uh, I pass that regular success. Okay. Nothing happens. Okay. Um, you find it's impossible to examine under a microscope. You see nothing. Um, you find it impossible to analyze it chemically because you, you can't see anything. You try to dissect it with a scalpel, and you realize that it is incredibly tough, that it's not impossible, but it's... It's like a really dense piece of leather that you're trying to cut with a little tiny scalpel. Um, and I also can not see it. <laughs> yeah, and you still can't see it. Um, were the other scientists coming back? Yeah, I think we've we've gathered up what we can here. I didn't find anything, any evidence of that in any other plant life around the farm, did I? No, the, the, the purple stuff. Okay. Uh -uh. 
so you've got the you've got the 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 tank now that um dr watkins has talked about the article and the yeah, photograph it's that's from that it's yeah. obvious it's, it's from one of those tanks on the rocket um, i don't necessarily think we need to bring this with us gentlemen um unless it's something that you just have personal interest in I would um, at least like to have the substance inside examined just to yeah. rule out possibly that this thing didn't carry the purple substance to these cows. All right. So you're going to bring it. Um, so you all arrive back at the, the school lab, but you arrive, of course, you're outside as you guys are getting out of the, uh, out of the car and going into the lab, you glance over at the central tree. But despite the fact that the um, the sheriff has placed warning signs up, you know, danger, contamination, um, there uh, the 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 two fellas that were walking around in the field. One of them, uh, the the older one, is standing at the base of the tree. And he's looking up into the tree. Um, the other one uh, suddenly appears on, on the periphery, walking towards the tree, carrying a ladder. We, we need to go stop. Look what they're doing. We need to go stop them. Hey, the Dr. Sheriff? Hawk, I think we need to have a look at these people, maybe examine them. Oops, you're muted. Would you say, Tony? Doctor Hawk, do you think you could examine yeah. these people? I, you, I, I think there must something must be going on here. Yeah, I'm, I walk over to to them, um, just casually saying, "Hey, hey, guys, uh, what are you doing? Can't you see the signs? You should not be this close to the tree." They do not even acknowledge you are there. They, the one, the old man continues to stare up into the tree. The other guy comes up and puts the ladder up into the tree um, and starts climbing up. I, I get right next to the person who's standing looking up, and mm -hmm. I try to look up the tree to see what he's seeing, if I can see anything. Yeah, do a spot hidden in this case. Ooh, a, a one. Oh, one. Hey. Excellent. Nice. So from this angle, as you're looking up the tree, um, you're looking up and you saw some broken branches earlier. You noticed that. It wasn't really a big deal. But now you notice that there's definitely a pattern to the broken branches, as if something up there in the sky came down into the tree and crashed into it and broke branches in a kind of a pattern as it came down, uh, it would be pointing right to the branch where the man is climbing up. He climbs up to the top of the ladder, and you see him doing this as you're standing there. And he suddenly, he seems to focus in on something that's invisible. The, the older man next to you, um, he suddenly becomes rather, um, I'm not agitated, but uh, he's, he seems to anticipate something like 
it's like a like a dog and you've got a treat you know it's kind of like he knows something's there and you see the man struggling with something in the tree and he sort of does that suddenly you hear a thagump on the ground next to the tree you don't see anything um and the the old man immediately goes around to where the thagump was where the the grass is suddenly mashed down and the other guy's scrambling to get out of the tree quickly you see the old man go over he falls onto his knees the rest of you are probably either outside watching or you know, looking through the window. He goes down onto his knees, he puts his hands on the invisible object, and he goes like this and bites down on it. And you see him just viciously attacking it with his mouth. The other guy jumps down and starts doing the same thing. Do I see this through the window? Yeah, you see it. And you see your, okay. your comrades are, are here now. Uh, Dr. Hawk, what do you do? I, I think get, you all need to do sanity rolls, but what do you do? I, I'm just amazed. I, I'm sort of frozen at first. And then I decide to run over to the closest person, which would probably be the uh, the older man who's trying to gnaw at that and pull him away and scream. And what, what are you doing? What? And... Get, what I don't know. It, come okay. on. And I keep tugging at him, trying okay. to game the pull uh, away from the unseen object. Well, uh, back to you in a moment. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, what's the penalty for San pass? Uh, if you passed, take a couple points of damage. If you failed, do a 1D6. I passed. I'll do a 1D4. That's not fair. 1D4 in this case. So if you pass, take two. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I'm gonna go try to help Dr. Hawk, like maybe pull pull them away from So you're you're heading in that direction. It's, it's yes. about 30 or 40. Yeah, yeah. I worry all of them, yeah. I think right. I'm running out towards my you're colleagues. Okay. Yeah. So Dr. Hawk is is still quite a distance from you, at least 30 feet or so. He's grabbed this guy and started to pull him away. And Dr. Hawk, when you does, and when you do, the man suddenly pulls his head up like this, and you can see that his eyes have gone completely white, and he's just purple crap is, is down his face, and he's snarling like an animal, and he turns back and looks at you and just flings himself at you um, like he's going to bite you or bite your neck or whatever do a uh you can either dodge or what what do you want to do um how about uh, i would prefer okay you try to uh, knock him away using brawl okay yeah go ahead Ooh, no Okay. Unsuccessful. Um, he knocks you down just as the others come running up. Uh, but he got he got a, a hard. Uh, so he grabs a hold of your arm and he sinks his teeth 
into your arm. You're in agony. So he's going to do at least two points of, of hit point damage. Uh, Dr. Hawk screams out. What do the rest of you want to do? And running to help him pull, pull them, pull the man okay. off of him. Yeah. I'm going to try to help. If I'm close enough, I'm going to try to help to pull okay. the guy off. Uh, the man is like a wild animal. And the other man is also growling and his eyes are rolling up into his head. Uh, while the other, go ahead. While the other professors are trying to uh, wrangle this guy, I would just want to make sure that the other guy doesn't get involved in some way. Okay. How do you want to do that? I, I I'm not going to like try to detain him physically, but I want to, I want to, uh, I want to physically just be around him and look menacing as menacing as a, as a professor can be. Okay. Um, the other guy doesn't really pay any attention to you. You can see he's very busy consuming the invisible object, um, tearing into something that you can't see. Uh, just w- not, not even like an animal eating, more like just a vicious, angry, tearing into it. For his um, own welfare, I'll try to prevent him, because we know this is a harmful substance. I'll try to prevent him from eating it if I can. How? Uh, just, uh, I would ju- like to, um, I-, I think I'll just try to brawl, like push him to the ground. Okay, you're going to try to brawl him too, just like Dr. Hawk just did. Okay, go ahead. That's a failure by a lot. Okay, well, I also got, I got a 96. Um, so you throw him off of the invisible object and he rolls onto his back uh, his eyes rolled up into his head and he starts to growl and you can tell that he is going to do exactly what the other guy did to Dr. Hawk. He is going to attack you. Um, let's do a group luck roll. Who has the lowest luck? Um, 63 here. I have 50. 50. Uh, luck is 65. So is 50 our lowest? So whoever has 50 luck, well, one of you. Uh, we'll say Dr. Hawk. Why don't you go ahead and roll luck? Thank you. You're the one on the ground Ooh, getting chomped on. 89. Okay. Um, some of you notice the sheriff come out of his office. Uh, looks like he's going to the mayor's. He doesn't notice what's going on. Um, I'm going to try to get glanced in your direction. I'm like shouting for him. <laughs> okay, you're going to shout for him. You shout for him, and he suddenly stops in the road and turns with a concerned look on his eye and then starts running towards you. But it's going to take him a couple of rounds to get to you. Um, so, Herbert, you push the guy off. Uh, so you've got a round. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, Dr. Watkins, Dr. Clark, Dr. Swanson. Um, if that doesn't. Ding consume all of my action by shouting then i'll try to yeah try to like just maybe separate the men these you know these crazy people (laughs) i was just gonna put a hand on his shoulder i pictured me with one hand on his shoulder and you with your hand on the other shoulder and we were trying to pull him off dr hawk yeah something like that yeah yeah okay um in which case 
Uh, he is you, you, you managed to pull him off, but he immediately turns towards Dr. Swanson uh, with every intention of attacking and biting you uh, with this purple stuff all over his mouth. Uh, what do you I would to like do? to try to tackle him. Okay. That's just brawl. Okay. So fighting brawl. Oh, that's a no. Okay. So you you try to tackle him, and what you end up doing is just throwing yourself practically into his arms. Um, he immediately attempts to bite you, but he he doesn't manage it. So he's he's grappling you back. Okay. Uh, Dr. Dr. Clark, what do you want to do? Seeing that the other younger one is snarling and trying to get back up, I'm going to get a running start on him and kick him in the head going, down, boy. Okay. Oh, that is a one. Oh, you got a one. Kicked him pretty hard in the head. You kicked him in the one. I got an 81. So, um... Go ahead and do damage. Let's see what that would that be. That's isn't like a club. That, isn't like that a max or a plus? I'll say I'll say one D. Oh yeah, you got max. So it's D eight. It's eight plus your what's your damage bonus? Damage bonus, I believe it's a zero. Wait, okay. Where are you getting eight? Yeah. Eight from a club. He's just he's just it does he have a club? Oh, no, I thought I just tackle him. Yeah, I just kicked him in the face. He kicked him. So that's like getting hit with a club. Oh, I thought that was like fighting bro. Oh, blood okay. damage, isn't it? Yeah. And you got uh, you got your top thing. So it's eight plus do a one d eight. All right. Uh, that's a a four on top of it. So that's twelve points. Um, when you hit him, uh, you hit him hard enough where you can hear the bones in his neck crack. As his head his head jacks backwards, and he rolls onto the ground. He's not on Doctor Hawk any longer, um, uh, but his body is continuing. You know, like nerves. Uh, it, he's like it's like he's trying to scramble uh, around, uh, but he's no longer. He, he's probably in the process of dying at this point. Uh, the other one continues to scratch, uh, to s- scratch and and fight. Um, Wait, Doc- which one was that? What's that? I pulled the one off Hawk, and it turned on me. Right. And Herbert had the other one, right? Right, and that one's now got a probably a broken neck. Okay. Um, doctor, okay. Doctor Hawk, do a constitutional roll. That's a fail. Okay. Um, Dr. Hawk, uh, you have a strange compulsion. Um, You kind of want to know what that thing tastes like. Um, I'll let you do a willpower roll to decide whether you have the willpower to resist Yes, I would like to try a willpower pop. 
Okay. Pow. It's up at the top. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's an arch failure. Okay. So you're you're rolling over. Uh, you guys, it looks like he's trying to recover. But you see him reaching for the invisible thing. Um, kind of with a dazed look in his eyes. Um, meanwhile, uh, what are we going to do about the other thing that's... Uh, uh, by the way, by, by now, the sheriff has come running up. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like this. He sees the gore. Um, uh, and I was, yeah, go ahead. I was trying to scream at the sheriff. Uh, these people need to be detained. There's something, they, 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 there's something wrong with them. He, uh, he goes for the younger one to try and restrain him. Uh, the one on the ground? Uh, the one that doesn't have the broken neck because he's he's oh the one that's coming after me right okay. the one that's still going um, and he tries to grapple that one so he's got him grappled uh, they're struggling what's your guys' next move Frank Frank I think you have a lighter right I think we need to burn this tree what's happening I don't know but I think fire may kill this situation. I, I, this whole thing has just gone so awry. I think, I think, I, I don't know. I think we need to burn this tree. You guys, uh, you guys see Dr. Hawk starting to uh, go for the, and going for the yeah. invisible thing. We need Dr. Hawk, Dr. Hawk, Dr. Hawk, don't. Dr. Yeah. Hawk. I'd like to, um, I guess, I don't know if uh, this, this crazy dude and the sheriff are in my way, but. I think I'd like to go towards Dr. Hawk and try to like put my hand on your shoulder and be like, what are you doing, man? As long as they're grabbing you and talking to you, you can mostly understand what it is they're trying to say. It doesn't, doesn't reduce the compul the, the desire you have to eat the thing, but um, you're not going to be violent towards them. I, I, I know this is a tense time and maybe not the time for theories, but, but they said the tree branches were broken in a certain pattern. Was that something falling? Maybe something, maybe the, uh, maybe the rocket had hit something that fell into the tree. Maybe it isn't the, tr maybe it's not the tree. Maybe burning the tree wouldn't do anything. That's what you I want to climb into the tree and look. Yeah, yes, so I think we I think we should actually. It looks like, and I will tell them about the galls and how it looks like something hit the tree and then like the tree grew around it, like it's sort of a protective mechanism. Is so, the ladder still here? What's that? They the brought ladder. a ladder. Yeah, the ladder is still there. Um uh, the sheriff suddenly yells out, God damn it, as he's struggling uh, with this guy and the guy's uh, bit into the sheriff's hand. God uh, damn it. And he I, throws the guy to the ground and uh, he pulls out his gun and he's like, now don't you move. But the guy keeps moving and there's a moment of struggle uh, between the two of them and the gun goes off and he puts a bullet in the guy's head and the guy stops okay. moving. And now people from the town are coming running to see what the hell's going on. 
Sheriff, you need to get this area uh, cordoned off or something so that uh, the townspeople can't get near the tree. What What the hell is going uh, oh. on with this? We'll tell you once you once you here. I'll help you. I'll help you get some stanchions or something to put in the way. Doctor Aber, do you want to get into the tree and see if there's anything up there? Because if we can't contain this situation, we we might need to burn this tree. I, I, I'll try What's to use that. The sheriff suddenly says, and he points to the area where there's nothing. Yeah. And Mike, that's the is that the area I'm walking crawling that's, to? Yeah, that's the area that you're trying to get to. So I just sort of look at him and continue to crawl towards the the object. Doctor okay. Clark, do you have do you have a lighter or badges or something? Okay, I'm going to say I think whatever that thing is needs to be burned because it seems to be taking hold of people's minds. The sheriff starts to look glassy, like, and people are coming over from the town. Like some of them are running, some of them are concerned that something's going on. Do some of them have that glassy-eyed look as no. well? No. Okay. I will turn to them all. Stay back, folks. Stay back, folks. Throw a box of matches to Doctor Herbert. If you need to do it, do it. I, I I grab it, but can I ascend the tree with the ladder? Sure. You don't need to climb. Roll. It's a ladder. So I know what I'm looking for might be invisible. So I'm spending I'm spending a lot of time with empty air. Okay. Um, you start climbing the tree to a spot hidden for me. A failure. Okay. Um, I mean, you're not seeing anything. Uh, you're trying to feel around. You're not feeling anything. You're, you're touching the tree. Um, but as you kind of glance down, right where uh, Dr. Hawk and uh, the sheriff now are moving, you can see a shape in the grass that's been mashed down, fairly large thing. And there are splashes of that purple goop here and there where um, the two uh, farmers, the berserk farmers, uh, were kneeling. And just as you start to put together that whatever it is that was in the tree is now on the ground, you see the sheriff drop to his knees and suddenly lean forward and start attacking something that's invisible. Did he break out of my hold? Like I just, I, well, I wasn't holding him. I just had my hand on his arm. Yeah, he just, he seemed he oblivious to okay. it. Uh, right. And once he starts doing that and attacking it with great fervor, people come running up and they're like, what the heck's going on? Stay back. Stay back. Stay, stay away, folks. Stay away. Stay away. This this, this situation needs area. to be contained. Okay. Also, turn to Doctor Swanson to go. Turn to Doctor Swanson to go. Grab his gun. I'm not having a madman yeah. with a gun near us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I can I go in since I'm the closest? Can I go in and try to grab it? Um. Sure. Uh, do a do a luck roll. Okay. Big money. No way, Misa. Ooh, opt for. Hey. Okay. 
uh, you you reach in rather casually. Uh, you grab mm-hmm. a hold of his firearm and sure. you uh, you pull it right out of his uh, thing. He doesn't flinch, uh, okay. although he is madly mm-hmm. attacking. Um, Could despite I? Your, ha- despite your warnings, um, especially some of the big brawnier gentlemen that see something's going wrong and they figure, you know, it's our town. Mm-hmm. We'll handle whatever problems come up. They start to move forward. It's like, Sheriff, what the hell's going on? And the sheriff looks up with glassy white eyes and purple goop on his face. And he suddenly lunges at one of the guys. And they surprise, they fall backwards. And there's more gnashing of teeth. Okay. As soon as, I mean, out of character, as soon as one of those big burly guys gets turned, we are we are sol so um where are those matches <laughs> uh, I, I, up. from up in the tree i just say I, i'm not finding anything i throw the matches down to fill okay can i can i catch the matches and try to light one and try to light throw one on whatever that thing is sure um you light a match you're throwing it on the invisible thing yeah. Um, your match sails through the air with a flame. It lands about, oh, I'd say two feet off the ground in midair. It rolls a little bit. It's burning, and it's just floating there in, in midair. Um, and the thing, the thing is thing not burning. Is it's not burning. Uh, okay. After a couple of seconds, the match goes out. Crap. And the big something in the lap. The big burly guy and the sheriff suddenly disattach from one another and grab somebody else each. Um, Now there's Bedlam. Everybody is starting to run. And the sheriff and the big burly guy are now chasing them, grabbing them, biting them. And then. Do we have a way to call the army? (laughs) Um, There be something flammable in the labs. Is yeah, Hawk I was about to say better? something's fueling those Bunsen burners. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's enough stuff in there we could come out and dump it, maybe make stuff flammable. You want to try that? Dr. Hawk been able to reach his in- invisible um, desire. Uh, yeah, Dr. Sink his teeth into it yet? Um, is anybody trying to prevent Dr. Hawk? I'm running for the lab at this point, trying to get something okay. flammable. Yeah. So at this point, no, Dr. Hawk, you move forward and you have this this strange compulsion. And it's not that you want to eat this thing. It's that eating it is the easiest way to carry it with you. You, you, You feel like if you can eat it, and have it inside you, then you can go to a rendezvous point. All these things are being sort of transmitted into your mind. Um, At first, you start picking this thing up and realize that it's incredibly heavy. It's much larger than the other piece. Um, It's quite large. Um, And then you realize easiest way is just to eat some of it. And you start 
eating it, at which point you fade out. And Sorry, man. Casualty of war. Your, your character isn't necessarily dead, but he's, uh, <laughs> he's not exactly uh, under control any longer. All right. So the rest of you are running for the lab. Okay. Just as you are getting to the lab, you can see that progressively, like a zombie apocalypse, um, this is starting to escalate. Um, a portion of the victims are attacking other victims. Those victims don't necessarily go out to attack others, but they head towards the tree and they don't really pay much attention to the tree, except that you can see of them tr some of them trying to tear the galls off the tree, which some of them are successful in doing. You see some of them picking, trying to pick some big, heavy, invisible object. Dr. Dr. Hawk is one of those trying to pick up this thing, and they're trying to drag it. And they seem to be trying to take all these things towards the middle of town. Um, you get to the uh, to the lab. What do you want to do? Look for anything that's you know flammable fuel. Yeah. Okay. Did do you, they have like balls of ether around? Well, it's a it's a high school, right? So there's probably alcohol, um, which isn't necessarily a very hot flame. There's probably whatever's not fueling a the Bunsen burners, right? Yeah. Gas, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably acetylene or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some things that are that are obviously, and and with the knowledge of chemistry, you know that you could make something you know akin to a mm -hmm. bomb if you needed to. Could have been Molotovs. Say while they're searching the labs, I'm going through the different classrooms, going through the desk. So the high school, one of them's got to be depressed enough to have a bottle. Yeah. There's some alcohol in here somewhere. Um, well, there's definitely uh, denatured alcohol. Um, question for you. Uh, did you bring the sample into the classroom or is it still in the trunk of your car? I feel like I all of this. still in the car. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there was like you, so much you, activity going yeah, on. Yeah. You came running. Okay. Um, all right. So you start to look around. I'd say that you can find alcohol which okay. is flammable. There's plenty of rags and things like that. You mentioned Molotov. Um, yeah. You could certainly put something together like a Molotov. Um, do a spot hidden for me. Everyone or just... Yeah, you're all individually at one point or another taking a look outside. Uh, that is spot hidden. That is a hard success. It's a fail uh, on my part. That okay. saves regular for me. Okay. Those of you who succeed, you've, you're keeping your eye out the window. You're looking to see if, what, what's going on. A couple of these uh, wide-eyed things now, um, they, they seem to have stopped in place, and they're doing the sort of like a, like a dog trying to smell something. And you see that they seem to be focusing in on where you guys are, where your your classroom is, and they're starting to move in your direction. They're still 50 feet away, um, but they're definitely moving in your direction. 
I'm going to. Uh, yeah, let's let's just let's just get out of here. Um, what do you want to take with you? In survival mode. I think anything yeah. that's just flammable and like samples. I don't care about that anymore. It's just getting yeah. out of here alive. Flammable yeah. stuff. Okay. We need to get to my car. Mm-hmm. All right. So then you're all, are you all heading towards uh, Frank's car? I'll head towards Hawk's. Do I have a way of, uh, of do, do I have like the keys of Hawk's car? Probably not. He's probably got him in his pocket. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll go to the other car. The, I mean, you can all cram in yourselves Frank's car. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is Frank's car the, the one with the sample in the trunk? No. Okay. Okay. How fast do they seem to be? They're just like regular humans. They're they're running. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're not. Uh, yeah, they're right. they're like wild animals. Um, mm-hmm. Go. So you don't you don't the samples in 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 Frank's in Hawk's car. Yeah. Um. And you're not you're not bringing anything that you've got in the lab with you. On, if if I had the foresight, I probably would have tried to at least like light the lab on fire. Honestly, burn all those samples in okay. there. Okay. Well, and, yeah. maybe we <laughs> could turn all the Bunsen burners on and <laughs> yeah. light one of them. Yeah. Yeah. If okay. I see Watkins doing that, I'm just going to turn to a just like twenty one. Yeah, you know it. Let's go. <laughs> so you guys are. Uh, running out, you're you're trying to pile into the car, and as you're doing this, you start to notice this whistling noise. Um, it's high pitched. It feels kind of like tinnitus. Um, it's a high pitched whistling, and you notice the field near the tree. It seems to be getting brighter because you're like you're like getting towards dusk here, but. The field seems to be getting brighter than the, the surrounding area. Um, the crazy people are running in your direction, but they run past you and they go straight into the classroom. Um, and you hear crashing and everything else going on in the classroom. One of them's run up to uh, Hawk's car and He's banging on the trunk where the sample is, um, but just wildly. He doesn't seem to possess the information to how to pop the, the trunk open. So he's just banging on it like a mindless beast. Um, the sound in the air gets much, much louder all of a sudden. And as you look over towards the field so that you've got it's kind of behind the tree, it's, you, the tree is now silhouetted against the light there is the sound of like a crack of thunder that you suddenly hear as if the the air was rushing away from a particular spot. There's a sudden blinding light in the field, a flash, and then it's gone. And in the center of the field is a huge pile of what looks like um, blackish gray goop. You'd say it's maybe 20 feet high and 15 or 20 feet wide, just like a big blob, like a big gumball of some sort or, or, you know, very strange looking. 
And it's there for a moment, and then suddenly it begins to flow. It begins to move forward, and you can see that there are appendages like tentacles and and eyes all over this thing. It moves immediately towards the tree. Um, I'd like you all to do sanity rolls. That's a pass. It's a pass. If you pass, I'll have you do a 1d6. If you fail, do a 1d10. Just two. Okay. Pass. You passed. Oops. You can all uh, tell me if you get over five. I got six. Got two. Uh, Dr. Herbert, do a an intelligence roll. It's a success. Oh, that's not good. Okay. That's the one you want to fail. As you're standing there as a chemist, uh, not not really big on biology, but that looks like uh, a a fucking huge amoeba. Um, It looks like a giant single-celled organism with appendages that are whipping out and grabbing things that are moving around. It grabs a couple of people that are near the tree and sucks them in to digest them. And then it hits the tree and it completely envelops the tree. You see the tree sort of shimmering as it's disintegrating inside this thing. Um, And for the moment, you're just standing there open-mouthed watching this. Uh, The rest of you who passed, and you didn't get that many sanity, uh, you see him standing there. Uh, you're going to have to grab him to pull him into the car. I will. All right. So you, you, they grab you from behind. They pull you into the car. And you're just like, what the fuck is that thing? Like this, you know. Um, what do you guys do? Drive, Frank. Drive, 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 drive. <laughs> Before I get in the car, I'm going to throw a Molotov at it. Okay. Uh, you throw a Molotov. Well, you'll have to you you throw it from the car because you're not really close enough to it at the moment. Okay. Yeah, as you pull out, you get close enough to it. You throw the Molotov. The Molotov hits the thing. You can see the splash of the alcohol and blue flames all around it. From the alcohol is usually blue flamed. Uh, you see that sort of uh, up and envelop part of the side of it. It doesn't seem to have any reaction at all to that. But it immediately begins sort of rolling like the blob towards the classroom and towards uh, Hawk's car. And as you're pulling out and getting away from it, it rolls onto the car. It smashes into the classroom. Um, If there were flames, if you guys left the gas open, there might be an explosion. Um, The the classroom explodes. Uh, The car is dissolving inside this thing as it's rolling through the building and shattering everything, you pull the car around the corner and start on the, the main road through town. And much to your horror, all the people in town, they seem to be standing in the middle of the road. Some of them holding something invisible in their hands up over their heads. And uh, other people just, you can see the purple goop all down their front. They're just standing there, mindless. Um, do you try to make your way around them, or do you just plow through them? Dr. Herbert is screaming, only taking breaks to breathe. Frank, you're the driver. <laughs> it's your call. 
Does it look you like did. I could get around them or am I going to have to go through them to get past them? Yeah, they're not getting out of your way, so you might have to hit a few of them. I'm going to take a few shots because now I have the sheriff's pistol, right? Okay. Um, do a, I'll, I'll just, I don't know what it's going to be. You're in do, a moving but... vehicle, so do a, do a firearms, but you got to have a penalty dice on that. Okay. That's just the 10, right? Yeah. Oh, 97. Yeah. yeah. The car is, he's driving erratically. It's moving. You, you can't hit the broad side of a barn. Okay. Um, except for the barn. You hit the barn. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to, for as few casualties as possible, just plow through this okay. wall of people. You, you hit a couple of people. They don't bother to get out of your way. They get knocked down and behind you. Meanwhile, do you want to look back? That's a question. At the, what's going on? I you're don't. Driving, right? I just. I'll make a going. willpower roll to see if I look back. All right. I look out of Dutch. Think I am. Keep right. I think Doctor Herbert's as fixated as he is terrified on the, the thing. So I don't. I think he definitely looks. Yeah. I okay. passed my pal, so I'm going to say no. I'm just like straight okay. ahead. <laughs> I looked back because. Sorry. I think if anyone is following us, I wanted to take a shot, but okay. I don't well, think anyone's following those us. Those of you but... who look back, uh, you see this this thing uh, roll around, spread itself up. It, it rolls down the street and it hits the people. And you can see the people just giving themselves to the thing as it uh, wraps itself around them. And they begin, there's a moment when they throw their arms up and you can see them dissolve into like red goop inside the thing it rolls around in the town it smashes buildings uh, and everything else and for a moment you think that it's going to follow you um actually it starts to follow you uh down the road um it's fast it's faster than your car can move uh, but as you pass uh o'neill's farm uh, you see it roll off the road and onto an O'Neill's farm, and immediately it goes for the various cows that had the stuff on it and smashing, and you guys pull out into the darkness, and off you go. Um, and that's the end of the story. Unfortunately, Frank, uh, uh, Dr. Hawk, you didn't make it. You were one of the people standing in the road holding something invisible up as the giant shoggoth uh, eats everything that's around. All right. <clears throat> Y'all deserve an explanation. Yes. Any yes. guesses? Any guesses? Did it so, have something to do with Goddard's experiments? Mm -hmm. I, I thought that maybe it was that Goddard's experiments shot something invisible out of the sky and it crashed into the tree. Bingo. That's what I thought. Nice. There was an elder thing that was observing the town uh, from a height, and it was in an invisible mode so that nobody would see it, and Goddard's rocket accidentally hit it, and it was enough pow to uh, kill it and knock it out of the sky. Of course, it's very, very tough. So the Elder Things have a defense mechanism, a contingency if something like this happens, and what it is is it releases a kind of pheromone into the air 
that causes anything that's infected by it to gather up the pieces. So the insects were all gathering bits and pieces of it and trying to take them to a central location. Um, people, when they found it, they were trying to do the same thing. Uh, the cows, part of it fell in that field and the cows began to eat it so that they could then take it to a central location because ultimately the elder things would send a Shoggoth through a gate uh, to come and collect all of the evidence. And that's what happens at the end. It comes to collect the evidence. So that's why I asked you if the sample was still in your car. Had the sample been in your car, the Shoggoth wouldn't have stopped. It would have come after you and uh, eaten you all. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Tony, that you ended up dying right there. <laughs> I mean, go insane, die. You know. Yeah, I was. I it's was actually Cthulhu, right. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised. You guys are the only ones who've attempted to stop the zombie apocalypse from occurring. Most people see that start and they're like, Fuck and this. Yeah. And they just run, they all run to the, the classroom, not realizing that they've got samples of that thing. So they end up coming after the classroom. They all end up usually surviving, but. Well, I had one group that had samples in the car because they were going to take them back to Miskatonic. Not a good idea. <laughs> it was very anyway. good. Thank you, Tom. And the reason yeah. why there's a lot of these that I have to change the names of. The name of the scenario is The Lurker in the Sky, <laughs> which gives the whole damn thing away. Why would you yeah. tell the players? <laughs> Crystal Tree is a good name for it. Yeah. A, a mystery the, called It Was the Butler. And the Central <laughs> Tree is real. Um, Rutland is the, the geographic center, and there is a central tree. Unfortunately, it was killed by Dutch elm disease, mm. and so they replaced it with a big red sugar maple. Um, so if you were to go there now, it would be a big, gigantic sugar maple. Um, mm -hmm. But originally, it was a sycamore. I mean, a... a yeah, now there we go. All right, let me go ahead and finish up. Our players included Holly Buto, Chase Kapner, uh, Zach Hanley Wood, Emma Striegel, and Tony Fraggy. Fraggy. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony Fraggy, with yours truly as the keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Duty role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.